I'm Major Robinson. Leslie Messer. Mike Halligan. Joel Rosette. Mary Stranahan. Senator Dwayne Ackney. I'm from Colstrip, Montana. In, in Helena, Montana. Box Elder, Montana. Rocky Boys Indian Reservation. Sydney, Montana. From Arlie, Montana. And you are listening. And you are listening. And you're listening to Listen First. You are listening to the podcast Listen First Montana. Hi, this is Chantel Schieffer, President and CEO of Leadership Montana. Views and opinions shared by guests of Listen First Montana do not reflect the opinions of all of our alumni or organization. We are a large group with lots of opinions, believe me. If you hear something that makes you uncomfortable, we invite you to listen deeply, listen hard, and listen first. You ready, friend? I'm ready. All right, let's see. Y'all ready, friends? <laughs> this is Chantel Schieffer with Listen First Montana, a podcast of Leadership Montana. We are here in Butte, America for our first ever live recording of a podcast. Let's hear that crowd again. Sweet. Today is a big day for Leadership Montana. I have the privilege of interviewing our incoming president and CEO, Kelly Heaton. Kelly comes to us from our class of 2014 and our master's class of 2019. She lives in the Red Lodge area, and today is her first day on the job. Yeah, first day. Woo! How has your first day been? The first day has been pretty amazing. I am still kind of in shock that it's happening. Uh, it's been a long build-up, and um, yeah, I'm, st I'm kind of in an awe state right now, especially after the graduation and seeing all the amazing people that just graduated and spent so much time um, perfecting their leadership skills. It's pretty cool to be in the same room with all these people. Yeah, so we just wrapped our graduation ceremony for our flagship class, our 20th flagship class, our fourth master's class, and our inaugural Indigenous Immersion Initiative. We had a big graduation today. This Huge. room was full of people. Yes. Full of energy, full of love. Yes. It felt good, didn't it? It did. It felt great. It's very hopeful for the future. You know, I always feel that way when I leave a Leadership Montana experience. Like, I feel like, you know, we might be okay. Yeah. That bubble is a real thing. It is. So, let's talk about that. Tell me about your Leadership Montana experience. You graduated from our flagship class in 2014, which was nine years ago. Correct. What drew you to Leadership Montana in the first place? So when I first heard about Leadership Montana, it was from um, a alumni, uh, Joanne Eater, uh, also of Red Lodge. And she invited me actually to be part of the community conversations for the class before me. And there was a session in Red Lodge. So I went and I talked about my current work at the time of domestic and sexual violence services. And uh, that's how I got introduced to Leadership Montana. And then I promptly applied for the flagship class and uh, got accepted in 2013 and started out at Big Sky in September. What was that first experience like for you in Big Sky, walking in the first time? What was that like for you? Uh, I was full of excitement. I had just, at, at DSVS, where I was the executive director for 10 years, I had just gotten into that role six months prior to that. So I was hungry for leadership knowledge and skills, and I was just all in, ready to go. I know lots of other people, or many people that I've talked with over the years have said they were um, 
cautious or that they were um, skeptical of that time, but for me, I was just ready and all in. And all in since. Yes. So talk to us about your life in Leadership Montana since graduation. Yes, so I said yes in uh, 2013 and graduated in 2014 and then patiently waited like many do for the master's class to come out or for the next thing, the 2.0. And then when it was offered, I quickly registered, you know, applied for that and went through the master's program in 2018, 2019. And um, also in that time, I've served on the development committee, and I've also served on some of the committees to organize uh, different confluence events, um, White Sulphur Springs and then Red Lodge just recently. So I've, I've been involved with Leadership Montana for about 10 years now, and I often tell people that every time um, Leadership Montana presents an opportunity and I say yes, it provides me exactly with what I need at that specific time in my life. And that has always played out for every Leadership Montana experience that I've had. So you've just said yes to a really big Leadership Montana experience. <laughs> You're coming in as our... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's the biggest. That's, yeah, that's kind of the awe right now and a little bit of the, um, you know, just, wow, is this really happening feeling that I'm having today? A little surreal? Um, yes, definitely surreal. Um, I, I know that I've, yes, it's a really big yes. And I am once again really ready for it. Um, I'm ready to give back to the organization that's given so much to me. And I actually couldn't be happier to be following you, Chantel, because you've set up on a pretty amazing legacy. And I'm really excited to take it to the next level and to continue on into the next decades of Leadership Montana. Mm, thank you for that. So you and I were in the master's class together, and we were actually home team members. Mm -hmm. And I valued so much having another nonprofit executive in my home team that I could really talk to about the challenges. And this was pre-COVID, so challenges were, they looked a lot different it when did. we were going through the master's class. Yeah. What was that master's class experience like for you, that ability to just kind of slow down, gear down and dive deep into extended leadership experiences? I, for me, and especially in the work that I was doing at the time, which was very heavy work um, of domestic violence and sexual assault, it was, like you say, it was such a great um, opportunity to slow down and to really work on me. Um, I spent a lot of the time as you know, as, as the leader, you spend a lot of time developing your staff and making sure that everybody is happy and has the skills and the resources that they need. And so this, the master's class was the opportunity to turn that focus onto myself and to give me the time and the space to really uh, understand who I am as a person and as a leader. And that the master's class for me was, I love that we identify our core values. I use that all the time. I have then, I've now since done the core values exercise with lots of people. Pretty much anybody that is interested and wants to talk about values, I'd done the cards with them. I bought like 10 packs of them to do it. And um, it was also one, another thing that I really, that really stands out to me about that experience was that exercise of the clearing. When you write down, what you think people think of you in this specific situation. And I just remember that day being as one of those um, moments of epiphany where you're like, wow, you know, I, I don't have to attach 
um, those feelings to uh, to myself when it's not even warranted. You know, you go through the checklist of would people think that, or maybe they might, or not at all. And um, I remember Lanny Hubbard and I going through that exercise together, and it was just one of those moments where um, I think back on that often of when I have a challenging situation and I think that people are feeling negative about me or about my decisions that I can look back on that and go through that same exercise and think, you know, actually everything's going to be okay. There's so much power in that clearing exercise. That mm -hmm. It's a gracious space exercise. And Jen Davis, who is my um, coworker in Helena, has had a number of occasions where I've knocked on the door. Um, can you do the clearing exercise with me? Because <laughs> I'm making up a story and I need to check it with you. It's, there's just, there's so many like valuable tools that we take from mm -hmm. these programs and these experiences that we can continue on to, um, to dig deeper into how to be better leaders and how to be better people. So talk to us about your core values. What are your core values? So my core values are hope, honesty, integrity, trust, curiosity, and love. Talk to us about hope. What does that mean to you? Yeah, so for me, um, I think all throughout my life, I've just always had, and I was talking to this with this about my husband, with my husband Matt the other day, of that I've always had this thing that everything is going to be okay, and that if you put enough positive energy out there towards whatever challenge or whatever thing that you're thinking about, that it will be okay. And I've had that experience many times in my life where things didn't seem like they were going to be okay, but if you have hope and if you can look through the challenges to the other side of when of you can really visualize yourself getting there of the hope that everything is going to turn out okay. And, and, you know, turning out okay, it might not be all great. There might be some really hard things in there, but on the other side of things, it, it, it all works out the way it's supposed to. And opportunities to learn. Yes. And to grow and to change. Always. Yeah. Tell us about your life outside of this leadership sphere. Tell us about Kelly as a person. Tell us about Kelly as a mom. Yeah, so I have a 10-year-old named Connor, and he's pretty amazing. Um, he, I was just telling Eric that he's a really social boy, just like me. Like, I, I love people, and he's very outgoing as well. Um, I really um, love to surround myself with people. I'm very much a people person and I'm all about relationships. So uh, I take the time to uh, tell people how I feel about them. Um, I really love birthdays. I love celebrating birthdays and telling people that are in my life, I'm happy that you were born because it's important for people to know that they're valued and that um, they're appreciated. And so I'm really, I'm really into relationships and um, I love living in Red Lodge because it's this small little town where everybody knows everyone and um, you can't go to the grocery store or the post office without seeing five to ten people and having long conversations with them. Um, so I, outside of that, I love to be outdoors. I'm a really big outdoor person. Um, I like to hike and camp and backpack and um, I don't like fishing. It's too boring. Um, and I, um, yeah, just really like being outdoors and nature because that's where I feel most connected to um, the spiritual world. You came to Montana when? After college, right? Yes. I came in 2004. 2004. And you came from Colorado? Yes. Tell us about growing up in Colorado. Yeah, so Colorado was um, very much like Montana is now. Uh, it, it was um, kind of, it was definitely like a frontier 
uh, more rural community when I was there. It was definitely growing, and um, there was lots of uh, clashes of different people moving in from different states, what kind of what we're experiencing in this last decade, I'd say, in Montana. Um, and I, you know, moved to Montana because I had been through here on a road trip with some college girlfriends and thought that Montana was very similar to what Colorado used to be when I moved, when I was growing up there. So, um, very similar, um, same kind of values that have, um, I think, you know, just changed with the times, and I see that I see that happening in Montana too. And so, um, but yeah, very similar. Okay, so tell us about um, what you see for Montana challenges and opportunities. Yeah, so it's kind of what I was just alluding to uh, in Colorado. I see some of those things playing out here. I feel like our greatest opportunity and our greatest challenge are actually one and the same. I feel like since Montana is growing, and we are growing pretty rapidly, I think that our challenge is to ensure that we're growing in a smart way and that we're maintaining the character of Montana and why people live here. And I, I also think that's our greatest challenge, is how do we do that? How do we continue to work together across different um, opinions and different ideologies to make sure that the reason why we all, you know, are here, either we were born here or we chose to be here, that that remains um, intact and that we can kind of, we need to figure out how do we strengthen the values that Montanans share and also make room for other values that, that come in and find that balance between um, welcoming new people and also understanding that there there will be change and trying to make it the right kind of change that we all can live with. So, so this is a conversation that we have all the time in our flagship program, right Hatton? Yeah. How do we embrace newness mm -hmm. and maintain what's great about Montana? And I, and I heard you say, how do we like hold on to Montana values? What do you think are Montana values? I think there's a deep sense of independence here. Um, and at the same time, there's a huge sense of um, collaboration and working together and supporting people. You know, um, in our community especially, and I'm sure there's other communities across Montana that, you know, there's this sense of when someone needs help, everyone is very quick to come and help. I mean, if you've ever gotten, broken down on the side of the road, how many people stop and actually ask if you're okay? That doesn't happen everywhere. And so I think that that um, the individualism and wanting to be in charge of how we want to live our lives, but then also that kindness is really, it's really important. And I, I really, I really want that as a, as a value that we all um, continue to strive for. Because I think, you know, w with one of my core values being love, I really do. It sounds kind of, you know, corny or cheesy or whatever, but when you look around, the, everyone does need more love in their lives. Um, when Lanny was talking about, um, just earlier today, about 40% of Americans feel lonely, and that, that, that equates to smoking six, 16 cigarettes in one day. I mean, that's just, that's sad. Mm. And so if we can continue to um, really 
you know, it goes back to relations to relationships as well, like value the relationships that we have, make sure people know that they're cherished and that they, you appreciate them and that if we can all share a little bit more love and kindness, I think that'll get us a really long way. So interesting to me that you say that tonight I'll give a speech and the theme is more love. What could happen if we loved each other more? Yeah. What could happen if we loved ourselves more? What do you think could happen? I think the, you know, the possibilities are really endless. And I think what it would do is, is bring people together more. Right now there's a huge division with people um, for all different kinds of reasons, but people seem, there's lots of isolation and there's lots of divisiveness. And I think if, if we did, if we could just show a little bit more love and understanding and tolerance, I mean, we could, we could really make a difference and we could really um, make people feel like they, they belong. Belonging, I think, is, is so important and it's something that we find uniquely in the Leadership Montana context. Mm -hmm. How often do we have these opportunities as adults, especially, to join a group of people who we meet every month for three days a month that we get to build these really deep, strong relationships with? I think that core of, of belonging is what is one of the four or five things that I think makes Leadership Montana so unique. Yeah, and I think the key there is people that you didn't select to hang out with right. every month for eight months. Right. You know, because sure, we all gather together with our friends and have barbecues and have people over at our house and do things socially with our friends, but those are all people that we've already chosen to be in our circle. So when you, um, you know, invite the stranger and have other people that you don't know enter your world in such a meaningful way and such a, um, I mean, there's people that, my friends that I don't see every month for eight months in a row. So to have that, um, interaction with people that you don't know at all. Um, and you get to know, obviously, as the program goes on. I think you're right, that is a really special part of Leadership Montana and why you know, it's part of that secret sauce of what makes it so wonderful. And somebody said, you know, the fl flagship class, you know, of now we're best friends, whether you like it or not. You know, whether or not we have the same opinions about things or whether or not we um, agree on things or mostly disagree. Like now we're in our, ch our lives forever. And um, I think that's really powerful. And especially as our um, alumni numbers grow across the state, um, the probability that you'll run into someone that has a Leadership Montana connection grows and grows. And I think that that is really powerful. And that's where we can really make um, some headway onto some of these issues. I often say, and I have over the last 10 years, that I'm rarely in a room full of more than 100 people or so and not see someone yeah. from a Leadership Montana class, especially if that room is full of people actually doing things mm -hmm. to make Montana better. Yep. Right? Yeah. So a couple more questions for me, and then I'm going to ask if you all have any questions, too. Uh, what is something about you that would surprise us? Um... I'm a big dancer, uh, and I really like to dance. You have um, an opportunity to do that tonight. It's yes, I will, I will dance, yes. And I am also really enjoy bowling. I'm on a women's bowling league in the winter because, you know, you can ski and then you can bowl. There's, you know, not much else to do in Red Lodge in the winters. So you do outdoor things and then you bowl. 
Okay. All right. Skiing and bowling and dancing. Yes. Okay. What are you looking forward to in this next six months to a year in this in this new role? I think what I'm most looking forward to is the people. Um, like I said before, I'm a really big people person, and I love meeting new people. And so I'm, and I, and I love you know developing the relationships I currently have. So I'm looking forward to reconnecting with um, the leadership Montana people that I know, and seeing them more often, and working with the staff. I'm really looking forward to working with the staff. Um, I miss being in a in a team like that, and that's really what feeds my soul. And um, so I'm looking forward to working with the staff and the board and um, all the alumni and looking forward to going through the flagship class as as a staff member and instead of a student I mean I'll always, I will always be a student I know I'll learn lots more things um, in each flagship class that I get have the opportunity to go through um, but I'm I'm really looking forward to that experience from that different perspective it's good that you like people yeah this is a, this is a people person's job yeah yeah, there are a lot of them. Yeah. 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 I know. I'm Lots excited. of opinions. How do I start the, the, the disclaimer on the flag on the podcast? There's a lot of opinions, believe me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what questions do you have for Kelly today? Hi, this is Julie Jenkinson. I'm from the flagship class of 2015 also the master's class of 2020, and I have the, the honor of being on the Board of Governors. So as one of your board members, um, I love that one of your values is hope. And I'm curious for you, as you look into these next six months to a year, what is your biggest hope for Leadership Montana? Thanks, Julie. I think my biggest hope for Leadership Montana uh, and my beginning of my leadership journey as the CEO is that, um, that I make people proud um, and that I'm able to continue the legacy of Chantel and that I um, fully listen and engage with um, all the staff members and make sure they're fully supported and that they feel, I heard from them that they want to feel more stability. Um, there's been a lot of changes this past year, as we all know, some of them great, some of them not so great. So I am looking to uh, stabilize. And so my biggest hope is at the end of this year is that uh, the staff feels supported. We've stabilized programs. We have um, abundant funding. There's new partners and that we have more engagement from our alumni. Hello, my name is Daryl Hirsch. I'm flagship class of 2020 and I currently serve on the Board of Governors as well. As you pointed out, um, I think it's safe to say you've got some big shoes to fill. We're all very proud of Chantel. Um, what is one strength that you've seen in her that you share or would like to emulate as well? Awesome. Yeah, Chantel has many qualities that I think are really great. Um, the one that I see her exhibiting the most um, that I would like to emulate is she's very calm. Um, Chantelle always has this sense around her of being really um, grounded, and I don't know if, that, if that's how you feel inside, but that's how it appears on the outside. And I, and I, I hope that I can be 
that rock also that you have been for everyone. And so I would say, um, yeah, that, that stability and that calmness. Um, I get really passionate. That's one of the things that I get really passionate about things. And so I, which I think is a good thing. And then it also, you know, there's always a, a downside to everything. And so I think sometimes I get, I get really worked up and I just get, you know, focused and I'm going for it. And um, I really think that it, it would be good for me to um, stabilize and be calm more times, especially as I learn more um, and, and listen deeply. Hi, my name is Ann Hughes. I was in the flagship class of 2012 and the master's class of 2022, and I also have the honor of being on the Board of Governors. And I'm going to break the rules a little bit and ask Chantelle a question. Great. Uh, Chantelle, what do you see in Kelly, and what are you excited about sharing with Kelly um, from your perspective as she moves into this new leadership role? That's a beautiful question, and, and having had the pleasure of serving or being in the master's class with Kelly and having that home team experience and, and like I said, having another nonprofit executive to have as that really close like confidant. I mean, there were so many times during that class I would text you like, I don't know what's happening, but this is like to help and, and, and vice versa, right? And so I think having executive level experience in a nonprofit is something that um, will be unique. This, she's the first person to come into this role who's had an executive experience, had executive leadership experience previously for a nonprofit. You know, we've had a lot of really powerful people serve in this role. Not anyone that already comes with this strength and this depth of executive management. That you know, Leadership Montana is a nonprofit organization, and I think sometimes we forget that. And there's so many things that make our challenges maybe a little more unique um, than other organizations. And so, so that's the first thing. Um, and I, to, to speak to what you just said about my calmness, the first time someone called me dispassionate, I was like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> but then I realized that the, I mean, it, was like it, was a it was a compliment. They were like, you just, you kind of come into every situation with a clear head and like that is not what's happening inside my head. It's chaos inside. Outside, it might look very different. But I, what I appreciate about you is, is the, the opposite of that, that you are very deeply passionate. And I think that the work that you've done in domestic and sexual violence really kind of led you to this this path of believing just so much injustice. And, and I think that we need that passion right now. We need that. Um, we want to make the world a better place. Let's go forth and do that. So those two things I see. Uh, this is Eric Halverson, Leadership Montana Flagship Class of 2016 and Masters of 2019. Kelly, I'm curious, you have a 10-year-old son. I'm curious how you explained the new job you have to your 10-year-old son. And because I presume you didn't say, well, it was born out of discord in the 2005 <laughs> state legislature. So how did you explain it? Um, that's a really good question. I actually haven't explained to, too much to him. He knows that mom is going to be the CEO, the, the person in charge of this organization that he knows I've spent a lot of time traveling around and, and participating in. So for him, he remembers um, certain events that um, I've taken him to. So he's like, oh yeah, those leadership people. 
So he knows that I am the CEO of a leadership organization. So I, I you know, will explain more to him as it goes on, but um, that's what he's, you, you go to a lot of meetings and you run a lot of meetings. It's like, yeah, I will be running a lot of meetings. And, um, and you'll be asking people for money. And I said, yes, I will be asking people for money. He's, <laughs> he understands that I did that in my other job as you know, the executive director for DSVS. So he understands fundraisers and going to fundraisers. So um, like I said, he's quite the people person. So I think he's probably pretty excited about going around Montana and meeting some more leadership people. Hi, Kelly. I'm Hi, Hatton Littman. I was in the master's class of 2019 with you. Before that, I did flagship of 2017, and I get to teach Gracious Space. So this is a really important work question that probably only dancery people like you and I would need to ask. But I need to make sure I know this. If there were a tune that would get you from the back of the room on the dance floor pronto, like mm -hmm. arms in the air, yeah. what would it be? There's a couple. Okay, um, hit me. Yeah, I mean, any kind of um, techno music. I really like techno music and dancing to techno music because that's what you're supposed to do to it, not just stand against the wall and nod your head. Um, and <laughs> this one's really silly, but it's just comes from my childhood, and I made them play it at um, our wedding reception. Um, Babies got back. I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, it's just, it's quite ridiculous, but I mean, the, the beat is just, you've got to shake your butt. I understand from multiple flagship classes that that is like the karaoke song of every class, so. There's a, there's a reason for that. This is Tony Brockman, flagship class of 2012, master's class of 2020, and indigenous immersion initiative class of 2023. Um, my question is, we all going through, and we saw it today with the, with the flagship class, they're you know, uh, re reminiscing on uh, memories and inside jokes and, and all the things that we remember back to our flagship experience. Would you mind sharing uh, your memorable flagship experience with the audience? Um, it's funny that you talked about karaoke just now, because I, and I'll, I guess I'll back up and say, my flagship experience, I w was a new mother, so Connor was one, one. And so, <laughs> While everyone was out partying after the session, I, after dinner, I would go to my hotel room and sleep because I was very excited about getting sleep and um, about having an empty hotel room. So I most remember about the flagship, um, the last session in Billings when uh, we all went to the Crystal to do karaoke and Babies Got Back did not come out, but um, several other songs did. And I remember that was the first time that I really, um, or one of the few times that I actually, you know, went out afterwards and did all the partying with everyone. Um, uh, so that's, I do remember that. Um, but I don't have any epic stories of, um, you know, like I've heard about 2006 and that I've heard about for some other classes. Um, I don't, I don't have any of those crazy 
party stories because I was a new, tired mother just wanting to sleep, truthfully. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Good to see you. I'm Jen Davis on staff with Leadership Montana, and I get to work with our master's classes, and I went through the flagship program of 2009. When they announced that you were going to be our new president and CEO, I was so excited because you have been such an active, engaged alumni. Um, so I've gotten to know you through the master's class and your participation in the women's leadership forums and at mo multiple confluences. And you've been one of those alumni who like show up to help serve the organization. And I think also continue to contribute and learn from the organization. So similar, but a little different from Tony's question of what's one really impactful moment you've had with Leadership Montana. You talk about how it's there when you, you kind of get what you need when you come mm -hmm. to an event. Um, and you've, you've been to so many, and I've seen you at so many. Um, so what's one that's been really impactful for you? I think um, for me, the, the master's program was probably the most impactful, and especially with the clearing exercise I talked about earlier. And I think, um, also in the masters when we did um, courageous conversations with Pat Hughes, I use that, those lessons that I learned there. I also serve on city council right now in Red Lodge. So I use those every single time um, where there is, there's been a lot of um, contentious issues in our community as we grow and we're all trying to grow smart as I talked about earlier. And there's been lots of um, different opinions on that, on how best to do that. So uh, I think that's been the most impactful thing for me is learning those and even uh, honing those skills of communicating with people, especially when they're, they don't see eye to eye on, what, on your beliefs and what you think should happen. So it's been that, you know, listening and truly understanding where they come from and seeing if there's compromise that can be made. Um, I feel like that's been the most impactful thing for, um, for my entire leadership journey um, from Leadership Montana Programming. And I love the conversations we've had where you share the stories of how you've applied the lessons of Gracious Face when you're on the city council, of like really practicing the work yeah. that we talk about at sessions. I have one more question. If that's okay. Um, we've talked a lot about being moms of sons of a similar age. And I say some of my greatest leadership lessons come from parenting my, my son. Mm -hmm. um, so what's a leadership lesson you've learned from Connor? Um, actually, I was just talking to Eric about this earlier, um, that just recently our, our son Connor, he was upset because he heard that one of his friends said that he was annoying. And so Matt and I talked to him and said, well, do you know if that's true? And he said, well, I, well, I don't know. I said, well, you know, maybe you should talk to this friend and ask him if he said that about you. So he actually was brave enough to, I mean, we were just like, oh, maybe he'll do that. But he actually, the next day, went, came home after school and said, I asked him if he, I went up and talked to him and I asked him if he said that about me and he said yes. And then we talked about how sometimes um, I find him annoying too. And they had this like awesome, like true conversation, 10 year olds being like, you know, you're annoying, but I still like you. And yeah, I think you're annoying too, but I still like you. So it was just, um, 
you know, kids have this like innocence, you know, that they're not, they're not jaded by a whole bunch of other things yet. Um, and hopefully that yet can go longer and longer into their lives. But it was a really cool moment for me of, you know, you can do the hard things and you can have the hard conversations. And if you're really doing the, you know, like Brene Brown says, clear is kind, you know, I'm sure that was really hard for him to say that, but now they got it out and they're okay. And I said, well, are you guys still friends? He's like, oh yeah, we're still friends. It's like, great. So it was just really neat to see Connor doing something that many of us have a really hard time with. And it goes back to that hope, you know, there is hope. These kids are, they're pretty smart. And um, if we give them all the love and kindness that, you know, I think they're gonna show us how to really do things and make us all proud. All right, before we dig into the rapid fire questions, are, is there anything you wanna say that I haven't asked you about? Um, I guess I would just say thank you for this opportunity, Chantel. I, I feel like we've talked about before, I'm, I know what it feels like to be in your shoes of leaving something that you really, really care about and you put a lot of time and energy into. And I'm just so thankful and grateful that I get to follow you and that I get to give you that that feeling of, a, of um, peace that everything's gonna be okay, that I'm gonna take care of your baby that you've, that you've grown for the last 10 years, and um, we're gonna make it even better. So thank you very much. Thank you. And you know, I've always got your back. I'm always in yep. your corner. Okay. All right, rapid fire. And these don't have to be like, you know, one word answers, but they're short answers. Okay. okay. Who is your favorite superhero and why? <laughs> Um, I, this is a, just a recent one um, because Connor's watching, we're watching all the Marvel movies and I, Thor. Mm. Yeah. Dare I ask why? Yeah, I mean. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Yeah, not hard to look at. Oh, he's got Natalie Portman to look at in the movies, so everybody's good. Everybody's happy when Marvel's everybody's movies happy. are on. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Leadership is... Working with a team of people with trust at the core to reach shared goals. Mm, I love that trust at the core. Who do you admire the most? That's a challenging one. There's a lot of people to admire. Um, the first thing that popped in was my mom. She's had a lot of challenges in her life and um, been alongside her the whole time. And so we've been through a lot together. So I admire her. Um, and then I also admire um, the founder of DSVS. She just passed this past uh, October, and it's a very sad time, but I still very much look up to Mitzi Vorachek. If a movie was made about your life, what would the genre be, and who would play you? <laughs> Natalie Portman. Oh. Yeah, okay, sure. Natalie Portman. And um, it would probably be... Um, a combination of adventure and comedy. Who is your favorite cartoon character and why? I have to say Garfield. I mean, Garfield just does whatever Garfield wants. That's a deep cut. And um, he eats a lot. He doesn't worry about what he looks like. He sleeps and 
you know, cats generally have a pretty awesome life, I think. So I'm going to say Garfield on this one. I dig. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Um, this is a, also a very tough question because I love to travel. So I pretty much would go anywhere, really. Um, I do have, and I told Chantel about this before, I do have a trip that I've planned. Um, I'm going to be trekking to Everest Space Camp uh, in Nepal in September. So that's the current thing that I'm really looking forward to and also slightly terrified. Totally badass. <laughs> peanut M&Ms or plain? Uh, peanut butter. Peanut butter? Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess there's yeah. so many more M&Ms now. This, yeah. this question needs to change. Peanut butter peanut M&Ms. Peanut butter. Okay. Yeah. Hands down. So, okay, peanut butter M&Ms or Reese's? Mm. Reese's are too small. There's not enough chocolate like and Reese's peanut butter. Pieces? Yeah, but Reese's I'm peanut butter like cups? cups. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, Reese's peanut butter okay. cups. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if it's pieces, then we'll have to go back to the peanut butter M&Ms, but if it's the cups, definitely cups? the cups. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I really <laughs> like chocolate and peanut butter. It's my favorite combination. So, yeah. Mine too. Yeah, it's so good. We have something in common. <laughs> Only one. <laughs> yeah, just chocolate and peanut butter. <laughs> Besides Listen First Montana, what is your favorite podcast? Um, I've been listening to uh, Rich Roll lately. It's very interesting. Um, yeah, I have a friend that turned me on to him, and some of, some of them are way out there, but some of them are really, really interesting. And I... I really like to listen to things that are not what I usually think or prescribe to, to kind of hear what other people on the quote other side of something thinks. I think that's, that's really interesting. You'll be doing a lot of that. Yes. Yes, you will. Are you a morning person or a night person? Morning. What's your favorite hobby? Um, probably downhill skiing. What is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Haggis. Okay. Yeah. What is haggis for those that don't know? Um, it's the intestine of sheep. Yeah. It doesn't really taste like much, honestly. Were you it, in Scotland when this happened? I was in Northern England. Okay. Yep. And uh, it's pretty bland. I wouldn't really recommend it. <laughs> Describe yourself in three words. Uh, positive. Um, loving. And curious. If you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? With anyone for a day? Just a day? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I mean, she's no longer living, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I think that would have been pretty fantastic and interesting to be in her shoes, mm -hmm. um, to feel the, the, um, the weight of things and um, to have the knowledge and that fierce spark that she had and to, and to know that. I think that would have been pretty, pretty cool. What is your favorite movie? Uh, no, it's not Thor. Um, uh, again, there's so many movies, um, but I really like, I like musicals because I like to dance and I just, there's something cool about watching people dance and sing. So, um, and this one's really silly, but um, Little Shop of Horrors just it really makes me laugh, and it's just so quirky and ridiculous. So, I mean, it's in a, a plant that eats people. So, mm -hmm. 
it's just silly, you know, and it's, it's just a great one to completely check out and watch a singing plant. Do you have a favorite dance move? Do you have like a signature move? Um, sprinkler. <laughs> sprinkler. <laughs> Shopping cart. Um, Campus fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, all the techno dance moves. Look forward to seeing those tonight. Yes. Okay. Two more questions. What is something that people get wrong about you? Uh, I think that people sometimes might think that I'm, n because I'm happy and uh, positive, that I'm a Pollyanna. And I am not. I understand that there's a lot of challenges out there in the world. I just choose to um, control how I react to them. Uh, because I, I think that reacting to even really negative situations with positivity is the only way to get through those situations. So, um, yeah, that I, I, I am serious. I do take, take things seriously, and I'm not a Pollyanna. And last question, what do you want to be known for in your life? Years from now, when the history books are written, what do you want them to say about Kelly Heaton? Uh, that she was a good person, she was a good friend. Uh, she was there when she said she would be, she was dependable, and that she made a difference in the world. You're knocking on the door of an opportunity to make a whole lot of difference for a lot of people in Montana. So grateful, again, that you've said yes to this experience. Welcome aboard. Thanks, Chantel. Thanks to incoming Leadership Montana CEO Kelly Heaton and outgoing CEO Chantel Schieffer for that fantastic conversation on this first ever live episode of Listen First Montana. And of course, thanks to you for listening in. If you've enjoyed today's show and want to support Listen First Montana, please tell a friend about the show or post your favorite episode on social media. Those small steps can really help us connect these stories to more listeners. Our intro song is a rendition of the Montana State song by Scott Gudger, and our other music is from Blue Dot Sessions. We'll see you soon with our next episode. Until then, thanks for listening to Listen First, Montana. <laughs>